Hello, folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop de doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, Paul Osterhout, to the show. Welcome, Paul. Hi, Tammy. How have you been? I've been doing well. I, we were just talking off air. Have, we haven't spoken in almost five years. That was for my old podcast. And, and finally, we're having you on my new one. So, so great to have you on the show. <laughs> well, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to you and, to, and hopefully uh, you're, make your listeners a little bit more educated about what the, the cool things we, we did at Disney. I know. Well, you were a show producer for Disney for quite some time, and I thought we'd focus today on the new Tomorrowland, which came out around 94. So this included the the Timekeeper and also Mm -hmm. Carousel Progress. So why don't we start with the Timekeeper, because it had several reincarnations before the Walt Disney World one, before you came on board, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Actually, it was the old, I think it was America the Beautiful, I think it was the Circle Vision Theater. In, um, in Orlando, and the timekeeper that we put in Orlando was actually the third, I think it was the third time that that show had been done. It was originally produced for the opening of Disneyland Paris. It was called Visionarium, and that, that had actually uh, the original um, uh, Robin Williams, you know, did the voice of timekeeper, and he actually tested it, did it in French. He said, oh, I could speak French, and um, so that was the original, and then it opened up in Tokyo Disneyland, and then, so we were, I think, the third, uh, third time through. And, uh, you know, once you, you, you see a show and you duplicate it, you try and, you know, the, the project managers want you to just copy it, just copy it. And, of course, as designers and, and uh, creative people, we want to make it a little bit better, make it a little bit differently, different. So I think we, we added a few, a few effects and theater effects. The film um, was edited a little bit because there was a lot of French um, um, references that I think we took a couple of them out. So I think the films are a little different, but for the most part, it was the exact same show. Were you there for the recordings with, uh, I think it was Rhea Perlman who played Nine-Eye and Robin yep. Williams who played uh, the timekeeper. So were you there for those recordings since it was the English version of the of the film and the no, attraction? No, no, we, um, we, I wasn't there. I was, un- not unfortunately, I was busy in Orlando with the rest of the land because um, we had... The, the, you know, all the parts where we had the land itself, we had Carousel of Progress, which was going on. We had Alien Encounter. Remember Alien Encounter? Oh, gosh, Alien, yes. <laughs> Alien Encounter. We did a new show on the People Mover, the Wedway People Mover. And I'm trying to think now. I think we also were starting up the redo of Space Mountain. We added some new scenes. I think um, Federal Express, I think, came on as a sponsor, so we added a few new scenes. And we were also in... Uh, early work for Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, which came a little bit later, too. Um, mm-hmm. So all of that other stuff was going on. So I didn't get a chance to, to go into the recording session or see Robin Williams or 
or real Perlman. Now, obviously, Robin came through several times, um, looked at the sculpt of the space, you know, and get the features, because you really wanted to get, you know, it was Robin's personality, obviously, um, but we wanted a little bit of a nod on the sculpt of the robot itself, just so you get that that kind of zany facial expressions <laughs> as well. Uh, I do too. Well, you know, the, and I don't know, no one's ever said this, but I think the interesting, the, the synergy that happens at uh, at Disney, you know, because, you know, Jeremy Irons was in that was in that film and uh, Gerard Depardieu. But if you remember back at that time during the studio time, I mean, I think Jeremy Irons was probably doing Lion King and Gerard Depardieu was probably doing, I can't remember what movie, Three Men and a Baby or one of those movies. So it's like, oh, look, look who's on our lot. I wonder if we can get them to be in the theme park. So (laughs) I don't know that that's actually how it happened, but in my mind, that's how it happened. I definitely do miss that. And at the same time, you're working on Carousel Progress, which I think Every probable everybody who's listening now who has been through the Carousel Progress has heard your voice. So, do you want to <laughs> yeah. introduce yourself as what character you got to play in Carousel? <laughs> well, it was an interesting story. Um, Kevin Rafferty and I. Kevin Rafferty was the writer on the new Carousel of Progress, and I was the producer. And we were auditioning a bunch of voices, and we, we knew we wanted Rex Allen, we knew we wanted Gene Shepard. So we were auditioning all these voices, and we we were we were down through the the teenage boy in the in the last act. And we just couldn't get it right. We brought in some young uh, men. We, we had some women audition. And one day I was sitting in the studio with Kevin. And I said, Kevin, this is what we're looking for. Is it? And then I started reading the lines. And Kevin said, well, why don't you just do it? And I'm going like, uh, okay, well, you guys can afford me. So, so I recorded it. And it turned out okay. And I think it was George Wilkins, who was our music uh, director at the time, suggested at the final scene that we do a the whole cast sings, you know, great, good, beautiful tomorrow. And we, then we, the whole cast sings it. And then as the audience is leaving, everybody does their solo. And then that the final verse, everybody comes back and sings it again. Of course, I cannot sing one bit. So they worked with me, worked with me, worked with me for like weeks and weeks. And I, they would, I would come into the studio and try and sing it. And eventually they go, you know, okay, I think we got it. It's like, okay, you guys know better, you know, best. And so we're sitting in the, in the in the theater, watching a run through, kind of going through the, the recording, the um, animation process, you know, recording all the all the animator, all the animation, and so the last scene comes up, and everybody's getting their little solo, Gene Shepard and BJ, and of course, my it comes down to the teenage boy, right, and then it's nothing; it all goes back to the whole cast singing again, and I turn, look at the corner of my eye, and I can see George and Kevin kind of put their heads down, like, aha, they got busted. They just took my whole solo right out. But that's okay. It's a much better show without me singing in it. So, wait, wait, wait. We need, to, we need to stop here because I need you to go ahead and sing because we need to give you your chance. <laughs> we need to let everybody know that you can sing. Go ahead. <laughs> it's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. And that's all you're going to get. You're well, fine. You know, my, my, my biggest problem, it wasn't the pitch so much. It was coming in on the beat. And, and they just worked mm-hmm. me for, you know, for hours like, no, no, you're, you're late. And I'm going, no, hit it right on the beat. And they go, no, you're late. And I, could, I never could hear it, right? I could never hear uh, coming in late or being early. So I would just like, come on, can't you guys just slide it? Don't you have like digital things that just do that now? And you said that you were working with an all-star cast here, uh, Gene Shepard. I think you said you repeated like a funny story that happened when I think Gene Shepard met Roy E. Disney. Oh, yeah. So, so as you know, Rex Allen was the original father. And we had a grandfather in the last scene. And so we wanted to have Rex Allen, you know, re- reprise his role, but as the grandfather. Um, so 
Rex was there, and Roy Jr., Roy Disney Jr., knew Rex because of their long relationship with the studio. So Roy came over one time to watch the recording session. And in our, in our record, the recording booth at Disney, you had a big recording booth, and you had a nice uh, producer's kind of green room. You sit behind the recorders, all the engineers, and you can see everything that's going on. So it was during a break, and Roy came in and was talking to Rex, and they were telling stories, and Roy... Um, lit up a cigarette and you know of course there's, you can't smoke there you, you're, you even back then we, there was no smoking allowed in the building and rex said um roy you know, you know you can't smoke in here you have to go outside and roy said well my name is on the building so i think i can do what i want it was words to that effect of i'm gonna sit here and smoke and i'll wait for somebody to tell me to leave of course nobody did it was, so it was but it was really a family um, of, of all these people that had worked together for years and years coming and, and, and getting reacquainted. And, and of course, you know, it, it was, it was just a, a good, it was a great time to be there. I, I'm really, really happy that, uh, I was part of it. And, uh, they, they've updated it here and there by adding like a new TV to the last scene. And, and, uh, it's really cool. They have a cork. I don't know if you've seen this, but they have a cork board by the mother in the last scene. And every time I go on that ride, I take a picture of the cork board because every time there's new Christmas cards on there or there's new <laughs> notes. And I don't know who puts them on, but I just think it's, it's very cool to see adding new material yeah. to it. So well, I think. I think Kevin and I started that because we, we had the corkboard and we put – now, Marty Sklar, of course, was our, our creative you know, godfather at the time. And uh, so when you get a note from Marty, it would be on these little note cards, um, like you know, three-by-five note cards, and always, always, always in red Sharpie, red, red pen. And so that corkboard was right near the mom's, her mom's workstation, the mom's desk. And so we pinned up a red note a la Marty that said – please call me about the rewrites because Marty is always working with the writers, you know, trying to get the story right. So that was our first little Easter egg, if you will. And then I had for the longest time, I don't even know if it's still there. I had a picture of my daughter who was uh, like four years old at the time. And we had pinned that up too. We had some other things in this, but that's really cool about the, the Christmas cards. I didn't, I didn't know that. I'll have to go check it out. You sometimes hear rumors that they're going to shut down certain rides or they're going to update certain things. So if there were a chance that Carousel Progress sometime in the near future might get its own update, what would you like to see added to it? Or maybe do you have any ideas of what you would like to add, various lines or material? Well, you know, when I, and what I wanted to do back then, we, and we, we couldn't do it at the time, but I, I wanted to um, have Grandfather in, in a wheelchair because I thought – because we kind of ignored that, you know, that section of people that we never see a person in a wheelchair or have, you know, limited mobility as an, as an actor or as an animated figure. And I thought it'd be cool to, you know, have grandfather in a wheelchair and then, you know, have, you know, you, you could, you could make the house like if it was redone for somebody that was mobily impaired, you know, have ramps and maybe the counter, the counters are lower. And I don't, I didn't know what, what, it, what it was at the time, but I just wanted to do something that was like, kind of it really became a real modern American family. And I think, you know, that would be what I would love to, to see do. Now, obviously you're in a theme park and you want to kind of escape the real world a little bit, but at the same time I think you could you could do it in kind of a respectful way. I, I just I just think making the family more relevant to or more yeah, more relevant, I guess is the right word. More relevant to to a today's audience. Um, you know, interesting when we when we did that show years ago, we had to kind of fake the whole video game thing, but we had to kind of predict what video games were going to be like, because 
you, you, you know, that, that they didn't exist that way then. So we had to go out and hire a CGI artist just to fake this video game because we, we just couldn't, you know, go clip a part of a video game out. So it's amazing how much has changed. Well, imagine when this show came out, the World Wide Web didn't even exist, right? There was no, it was just kind of getting born. Um, so it was just so much has changed in 20 years. It's amazing. It's nice to know that there's like a big family feel to it. And, and I absolutely adore the attraction. So uh, it, it's always on the top of my family's list to go and, and enjoy it because it's so many laughs and, and it's such a very enjoyable project. So love it. And, and I'm so glad you're a part of it too. And I'm glad we got to hear you sing on, the, on our interview today. Uh, I want to yeah. open up the floor because I know you're working on uh, new projects, you know, outside of the Disney company too. So what is the latest and greatest for Paul right now? <laughs> well, I, I, I left Disney and uh, I, I actually, speaking of video games, went to Electronic Arts and produced a couple of video games and, and that was out of the country. And I came back home trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And at that time, I was working on a project in India, a uh, theme park in India. And I got a call from an old friend of mine from Disney days and said, hey, have you ever thought about Universal Creative? And I said, not really, but what are you talking about? And they said, we have some pretty cool stuff coming up. And it was, it was just after um, Harry Potter, uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter opened up. And so he's like, wow, I mean, you guys are doing some pretty cool stuff. Let's talk. And so I came down here to Orlando and, and met with them and talked about what they had in mind and what they needed. And so about three years ago, three and a half years ago, I signed on to Universal Creative. And right now, um, even though we can't talk too much about it, I'm working on the Universal Beijing Resort. So we're building a park and resort uh, in Beijing, China. It's the, you know, the first park for us in China. And it's, it's very exciting. And, uh, and we're, we're in the early stages, so we can't talk about it too much yet. But it's going to be you know, one of these amazing places. And I'm really like, – sometimes you feel like oh, my luck is really good because I, I tend to get on these really cool projects like New Tomorrowland or – you know, rock and roller coaster or, you know, whatever, all the other projects I worked on. But this one's pretty cool. And uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be back in Orlando, being close to the, you know, the Disney parks and the Universal parks and SeaWorld and Legoland. I mean, if, if you haven't been to Orlando, you have to come. If you love theme parks, I mean, you just have to be here at least once. So that's what I'm doing. I'm excited to be at Universal Creative. And, and uh, besides what I'm working on, I get a chance, obviously, to see what other people are working on in our company and tell you, it's an amazing place and it's an amazing time for the theme park industry. Before we end our interview, I ask my guests these fab three questions each time. So All we'll right. start with the Donald question, which is, as a child, what Disney film was one of your favorites to see in the movie theater? Uh, Pinocchio. It, Pinocchio was, um, I, I don't know if it was because of, you know, being with my very young, you, sometimes you never know why, why these memories are important to you. But certainly seeing Pinocchio and um, that, that was probably, and, and, you know, I, obviously I wasn't, uh, not obviously, I wasn't born when it first came out, so it must have been one of the re-releases when I saw it. But um, Pinocchio has always been one of those interesting, um, interesting, interesting uh, movies and attractions. So that was Pinocchio. And our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? I think my best friend would probably be... That's a, that's a good question. Probably Jiminy Cricket. I think it'd be Jiminy straight and narrow without being too preachy. So let's go with Jiminy. Oh, by the way, Ward Kimball actually drew me a, a, a Jiminy, and I have it uh, hanging up, an original Ward Kimball Jiminy Cricket. So I've always wow. got that. 
And finally, our Mickey question. If I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? Hakuna Matata. You know what? I think that is, I think that's an important place in Disney history because I think it was the resurgence of, of Disney. I mean, when that, when that came out, um, you know, they, they brought in some outside rock and roll talent. Um, a popular music talent, and it, 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 that song works so perfectly in that movie and in that scene. It just tells you exa- everything you want to know. And so I think I really like that. I really like that song. Well, it's so wonderful to talk to you again, Paul, and the best of luck with your new projects. Thanks, Tammy. Have a great day, and uh, or have a Disney day, I should say. <laughs> when it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true. Grandma, let's switch the image over to the TV so the resident flying ace can show you how it works. Now, it's a little tricky. Just use your game glove to fly behind the other guy and blast him with your laser blaster. Laser blaster? Well, I'll give it a try.